Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This week, we're going to be talking about becoming and unfolding on your spiritual path. I'm really excited this week. I have my guest is John Sadiq. And, you know, I was thinking before the show how to introduce you. <laughs> and we, huh. we on the show, we talk about what we experience as humans, how, what we go through, you know, the questions that we ask the universe and we're all on this journey. It often doesn't feel like that maybe, but we're on a journey and I myself have wanted to fight the journey or resist the journey or be mad at the journey. Right. And the goal with this show, the four or five years I've been doing this now is to continue to explore that, be authentic about that, be real about that. And, share my story with people. And John, I was so excited to have you this week. Your book is called Signposts of the Spiritual Journey, A Practical Roadmap to a Meaningful Life. And I have to say, after reading your book, I I felt like I was talking with a friend. Like I felt like I knew you. I felt like I was, um, you were, we were sitting in the room having a conversation and I loved that. So I want to welcome you to the show. It's great to have you. Oh, bless you, Sloan. Thank you for having me on. And thank you everybody who's tuned in. To listen it's uh, really kind of you to spend this time with us yeah it's um so let me do just a quick introduction and then we'll we'll get to it because there's a lot to talk about so john sadiq is a teacher writer and poet who has published seven previous books he runs retreats and classes with students around the world and his self-acceptance through authenticity course has twenty thousand registered students he offers meditations via the insight timer app and live classes via the wellness coach app John has had awakenings throughout his life from the age of six, as well as a full near-death experience that led him to wish to share these teachings with anyone who would benefit from them. John, welcome to the show. Bless you. <laughs> so let's start out with an icebreaker, just something fun. <laughs> like do this at the beginning just to get to know my guests. So my question for you is, say you have to sing karaoke. What song? Oh, oh my. <laughs> right. First thing comes into my head. Uh, it's good if maybe I love rock and roll, John Jett and oh, the Blackout. Yeah. That'd yeah. be great. Uh, what was the last, the last time I sang karaoke? What did I really, you know what? I really like Jolene. Oh, Dolly Parton. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Have yeah. you heard there's a, a video on YouTube of somebody who plays the 45 of Jolene slow down to 33. Have you seen that? No, haven't seen it. You've got to check that out. It's unbelievable. It's like another song. It kind of becomes a male voice. It's still perfectly in tune. And you just wish that somebody would record it like that. It's got so much pathos in it. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, if we're, if, we're, if we're going out for karaoke, uh, Jolene and I Love Rock and Roll. Those are excellent choices. I was I was thinking about it for myself because I always not that I sing karaoke that often, but I always try to get crowd pleasers so the crowd gets involved too, so it's just not me singing. And so what's um, your choice? What are you choosing? I, well, so I would say "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" by Cindy oh, yeah. Lauper, or um, "What's Up" by Four Non Blondes. Even though I can't get the high notes, like that's a that's always a crowd pleaser and a fun one. So those would be my two. Yeah, yeah. God, you got me thinking now. So many things, I know. isn't there? There's things I'd want to sing, but but no one would be like interested. <laughs> but yeah. 
Yeah, fun. Okay. All right. So let's talk about your new book, Signpost of the Spiritual Journey. So let's start out also by definitions. What what do you define as a spiritual journey and what are signposts that might be found along that way? Gosh, that's the whole premise, really. Um, you know, the, the, what I would have defined as a spiritual journey has probably changed a lot as I've kind of continued on my own path. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that it was uh, the seeking of something. Um, and probably I lived my life seeking, looking. Uh, but in all honesty, I was try- trying to be a better person because somebody somehow I'd learned that you're supposed to be better than you are or uh, trying to find love through becoming something. Uh, I, always, I always say that most people are either running away from something or uh, running towards something, but actually those are exactly the same thing. Because if you're running towards something, you are running away from something. Right. But what I would say now um, is, is that the spiritual journey is the path of your own life. It's, it can't be anybody else's. You know, if you want to use the, I use the G word, uh, but I mean it in the big sense, um, God or life or whatever you want to call it, has brought you here to be you in this time. So trying to be somebody else ain't the thing. But that doesn't mean egoic you. It means the life that is producing you in this very moment. And we all can feel that. So if you decide to allow yourself to actually experience that life within yourself, that begins to clean everything up. And that's what this book's about. It's about engaging with that true sense of life within yourself and how to begin feeling that if you don't really know how to do that. Uh, or what might be standing in your way, like, you know, generational and conditional kind of programming, societal programming, the, uh, the things that try to turn you into somebody that isn't actually that seed of you. But if you think about it, Sloan, when you were little, you felt like yourself, didn't you? When you were five, you felt like yourself. And when you're half the age you are now, something in you felt like yourself. And probably somewhere along the way, we think we've lost that. But there are moments where you feel it again. So we all know what that is. So there it is, that the thread is already within us. So signposts is the signposts that lead you back to that thread in yourself and then cleaning up the other stuff because you may as well clean that stuff up. You know, when you talk about seeking, I've so I would say my awakening really when I started the podcast about five years ago now and I was running the same from something, but towards something I was running from the pain and I wanted to go towards less suffering. Right. And that seeking that you're talking about, I've, I've talked about it on the show a lot and I've I've talked with friends. I've talked with therapists. It seemed for me to be a a theme in my life. Like almost like I had this antenna up, right? Like I'm, I'm seeking, I'm seeking, I'm seeking. And then over the past several years, I finally realized that um, I'm not looking outside of me. What I'm looking for is to become friends with me. I'm looking to be to be in my body and be with myself and not have all of this um I don't know pain pile on, right? Pain through thoughts that are, you know, that are looping in my head or pain exactly. through regrets or you know whatever that might be. Yeah. And <clears throat> when 
as I read your book and I went through it, I, I, I recognized a lot of things that I went through um, very messily along the way, right? Very, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I have no idea. I just know that I'm trying something different because I'm at that point where I can't stand the pain anymore. I, I have to have something different. And so when we start to go through this process, what are some of the things that you experienced when you got started? I, I'm sure there were, you know, there was a, a moment maybe, or there's questions that come up. What, what, what was your experience like? Well, I've kind of, it's such, you know, our lives are so complex that, that, you know, we could literally kind of, this could be the entire show and three or four more. I, I had a strong sense of whatever that thing is life. I, I just used to call it life from, as you, as you said, from the age of six, uh, but I grew up in a very, very painful and difficult family, uh, a lot of violence and, and then outside the door, a lot of racism and, you know, um, Nazi skinheads and things. And so it wasn't safe inside the house and we spent time in care. Um, uh, my mom was very poorly. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. My mom was very poorly. And, um, and then outside the house wasn't safe too. So, um, I was kind of really forced to be my own resource a lot of the time. Uh, and yet that stuff kind of bound into me. Uh, and so uh, things that I was kind of unaware of that were operating on me, uh, but then subsequently I healed with the stuff that some of the stuff that I talk about in the book, uh, some of the methods. So I wanted the book to be really practical so people could actually do the work if they want to meet it. Right. Uh, it, that sounds like it's hard work, but actually I want to present it in a, a different way, you know, uh, that love is actually the way to approach the work rather than it being a grim, hard task. That taking that responsibility for oneself, that even the things that you've not been responsible for, uh, which I think I say in the book, you know you're on the path when you start taking responsibility for what you're not responsible for in your own life, the things that have been placed into you. You think, why the hell should I have to do this? And you can moan all day and want other people to perfect themselves, or you can take responsibility. So uh, when I started to take responsibility, uh, I realized that I suffered with a terrible, terrible attachment disorder, codependency to almost kind of, you know, insanely addictive levels, and so on and so on. And of course, all the projections and difficult karma that comes with acting out through those things. And thinking that just one more relationship or just finding the right person was going to solve my problems. That seeking. Yeah, the seeking, uh, which feels completely natural. And we, we're taught by Hollywood movies and our pop records and everything that that kind of intensity, that kind of longing is a kind of has meaning. You know, uh, we're lied to so constantly as to what love is that right. most of us don't really know what love is at all. We do but we mistake this other thing for it. So the surprises along the way really were that love uh, wasn't anything that I thought that it was like at all, that it was so much more simple and intimate. Um, and the biggest surprise was is that when you turn with a true heart toward yourself and say, okay, I take responsibility now, it's easier and quicker to clean up these things than you could ever have imagined. Right. You know, right. We, uh, I'm not I'm not saying it's easy, but anything is easier than the other thing. I always say it sounds hard, but the other thing is harder. Right. The other thing being continuing like this for the rest of your life. Right. Imagine. 
<laughs> you talk through the book, you know, and, and on that feeling like it's harder. You mentioned several times through the book, you're, I'm offering information, right? It's not this, you're not telling anybody what to do. You're not forcing anybody to do anything, which is, I, I really loved that approach because it, um, like I said, when I, I felt like I knew you after reading the book, right? That, that it's me. That's the funny thing about this book is, uh, that this is actually, that's my voice in there very clearly. You know, you are sitting with me in a way. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a completely separate person. We don't actually know each other. Right. And I know that can cause a lot of problems for authors and teachers and things. Um, but I thought, well, the only way I can communicate with somebody is to genuinely turn up, you know, in the hope that my genuineness in this book will allow allow for you to kind of find to be you. Right. If I if I'm true, you you know you can be true. You've got to walk right. the you've got to walk it, haven't you? Right. And the. <clears throat> When you you talked also about, you know, when we ask these questions and, and talking about um, taking responsible responsibility for things that we're not responsible for, when we when we get in that victim mode or that blame mode, we're asking the wrong questions, whether we know we're asking them or not, right? We have these questions that run through our mind. Why do I have to deal with this? Or why am I, you know, why this? Why that? And when we, and those questions are not helpful. I live many years of my life in those questions. And the same... Um, as you talk about in the book about when it finally comes to that point of I'm, I'm going to face this and I'm not going to run from this anymore, um, which is what I went through over through this year was um, I finally was ready to face some things. And like you were saying, it, it was in, in, in once I'm on the other side of that and I realized I could then grow and move to a whole nother level. I sat back and I was and like you were saying, it's not it was harder, the resistance and the energy and the emotion it took to fight off what I didn't want to face was so much harder than just facing the thing that I was not wanting to face. And there was yeah. this release after that, right? This relaxation, this, this openness that I was like, I didn't understand I could live that way. And that was yeah. fascinating to me when I went through yeah. that. That was fascinating. Yeah, no, I recognize what you're saying. Uh, that's because... Um... The ego thinks it has to kind of somehow win some kind of war. Right. I call it being at war with yourself, yeah. this resistance. And so you war with yourself. But actually, um, something we talk about a great deal in the book is dropping to the heart. And so, you, and, and I mean, actually, there's, there's one exercise, you know, of physically just putting your hand on your heart right. because you don't know how to, you know. And the minute you come to heart awareness, then... It's a, then that door just swings open on its own. So the resistance really is this idea that somehow we've got to overcome something at the same level that it's being created at, which, of course, Einstein talks about, uh, that you can never solve a problem at the same level that it's being created. You have to drop to a, a kind of a more knowing place or a place of awareness. Well, the greatest place of awareness re resides within the heart, not the right. sphere of the emotional heart, which can be just as reactive and conditioned as the mind but the heart within the heart, the kind of the truer knowing within the self. But you begin where you can. Uh, and so very often it's just kind of, you know, by inches and intuitions and so on. But the more you do it, um, the, then the easier it is to allow that shift to the heart every time. I would basically say that that is the major movement that, that, that we need to make, you know. Uh, but you see people actually committed to their projections and identities 
stemming from conditionality right. uh, to the point of um, death. Have you seen the film Dead Man Walking? You must have seen the film Dead Man Walking, the Sean Penn. Yeah, it's been a while. A long time ago. I always recommend that to people who are kind of stuck with this stuff. And because, um, you know, he's committed this horrendous rape murder and uh, Susan Saradon, as a nun, is kind of going to see him uh, on death row, trying to get him to open up. He's going to die. There's nothing he right. can do. And the entire film is him holding on to his persona, his projection, his conditionality of being a hard man, of beating the game somehow. Right. And in the last 20 minutes, he finally kind of drops it and he's just with her. And he has more intimacy and life in that 20 minutes than he has in all the preceding years before. He hasn't lived one little moment. Right. And I don't want us to live like that. That was my reason for writing the book. I, I, yeah. yeah, I don't want people, I don't want us to live like that. You're free to, but I, you know, but I would rather meet you, not, not, not this stuff, you know? Right. Uh, but we're so addicted to this way of living. And that can be hard to take, right? When we come to this realization of how we have been living and what these versions of ourselves that we create, these personas like you talk about, and when we, the way we show up to the world and, and what do I really want? Who am I really in all of this? Right. And maybe I know for me at the beginning, I didn't have the answers and that was hard to take. And I think, um, this past, you know, two years or so has really shown a lot of us that it's, again, it's, it's always a choice, but at the point where I couldn't run from it anymore. It, it, I just couldn't run from it. Here it is. No, it, it's time to look at this. And um, as scary, as difficult as all of these emotions that came up now that I'm further on the other side, it's never, again, it's a journey, right? I'm not saying I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm healed. I'm good. Right. It's nothing like that. It's, it's a journey. And um, I feel like once I got over that, that mountain now, I'm more accepting of the, I want the journey. So I was saying that um, with the, when we start on the journey, once we get over that initial, you know, almost a shock of what, of the fact that things can be different, then um, what I found once I got past that, I was able to be more open and excited instead of fighting the journey. Cause that's what it yeah. felt like for me most of my yeah, life. Absolutely. Yeah. Then you just welcome things and it right. moves on even from that really at first, there's resistance and pain and difficulty, and then it's tiny little steps. But then as, the, as those little steps are made and there's healing in those areas, then more opens up, you know? Uh, and, and then that, that ability kind of grows greater. So if you actively engage with that, it actually moves to a point where you're no longer even having to think about it. It just becomes naturally what you do. You see a problem coming, and instead of um, avoiding it or whatever, you just turn and face it and say, hey, let's not do it right. this way. You know, right. we do, you, you realize we do that every single time. Let's not do that. Or you say that to yourself, God, look, there's that thing again. You know, I see that kind of person. I begin reacting in that way. Nah, let's not do that. And in fact, you I even get beyond that. You get right. even beyond that. It doesn't even become a choice anymore. You just don't do it. Yeah. You're not that person anymore. Once you're not that person, you don't need to think about it anymore. It's so interesting 
And there's so many questions. I, I my mind is going to a thousand miles, so I feel like I'm kind of jumping all over. But there's a part in the <laughs> book where you talk about um, letting go of things. Once you get on this path and you let go of things, and you talk about when you stopped drinking, you just stopped. It just wasn't you anymore. You walked across the street, gave the scotch to your neighbor. Like, that's it. I'm done. And I, I felt along the path as well that I've had that where I've, especially recently where, um, for me, it was concerts. I used to love to go watch concerts and me, follow musicians. You know, my house was covered and pretty much living in Nashville. Of course, I was easy, but, um, it got to the, and I still love music. I don't mean that I don't, but I, I realized over the past couple year, let's say, that that's not me anymore. I've, I've, I'm, I'm in, I've grown into a different person. And what I also found with that was that I still had a lot of those reminders up and those reminders were irritants to me of another life. They were irritating to look at. It was just these small little irritants. So I spent some time over the past two weeks clearing some of those out, not throwing them away, not getting rid, but just moving things and reflecting more of myself into the present day. And I found that, um, that's that's sometimes hard to do also to let go of the past and become who you really are today and that's one of the things you know on, on the journey that um i think was surprising for me yeah we talk about that very clearly i talk about kind of getting rid of my records and things at a certain point along the way and then wishing i hadn't done later because you find <laughs> that actually it's okay to enjoy things as well but of course you know when we haven't got ourselves in the way that we're talking about and it's more than a psychological journey because we are we are talking about the psychological a lot of the time in, in this conversation, it seems. Um, and and yet that's not unimportant because if you don't clean that side of things up, then it, 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 it hampers the spiritual side as well. Or when that energy does begin to move, the more spiritual energy, then it will kind of still go through those lenses and kind of end up messed up. And we've seen many sort of teachers and spiritual people really kind of hurt other people in this way. And it goes on of time and time again and i've addressed that as well because because it keeps happening so much we have to talk about it right. we really have to look at what's going wrong with this stuff and it's really rife at the moment like what you hear so far take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the create what you speak academy visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more now back to the show before we come back to that sense in ourselves that is actually very easy to feel, that thread, as I call it, yeah. um, we, we live through things. So, you know, I like music. I like motorbikes. I like tattoos. I like this brand of beer. Um, you know, in, in, in Britain, I'm not sure it happened. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it happens in a different way in the U.S. There was a time a couple of years ago where people mis mistook drinking gin for having a personality. You know, it was all about what kind of gin you drank. And they were like, oh, these gin bars opening. And well, I'm a tankery drinker, darling. And, um, and you know, it doesn't matter how much gin or how much you know about gin. It doesn't replace you. Right. You know, but some people will talk about football in this way. Some people right, will talk identity. about basketball mm -hmm. in this way. They know every NBA thing for 100 years or whatever. Um, and not just their own team, but. And there's nothing wrong with that, but hell, you know, um, talk to, talk to me. Let me see you. Yeah. You no, know, can, can we just, you know, let's just have a cup of tea together. You know, you, or you have your beer. I don't mind, but, right. um, you know, can I just actually meet you? 
and not the the uh, the representative of you. My friend used to call that when when she was dating. She would call it. Um, well, did they send the real them or did they send the representative? And the representative is that fake version, right? That's yeah, a surface yeah. version that's, um, yeah. and that's, you know, that's how a lot of us show up. I've shown up that way and um, throughout my life. And if you think about the, the roots of that, you think about the roots of it, if you lean into it, if you're going to show up like that, that means you must think you're unworthy. Yeah. You must think, you know, it's a fearful, unworthy right. place. And you're yet it, it passes for standard, you know. Right. Uh, you, when did you last hear an authentic voice on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of, hey there. Rah, 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 you know. I hope mine uh, is authentic. You're <laughs> fantastic. No, training. you're fantastic. <laughs> you're fantastic. I, I won't name the radio station I was on recently. <clears throat> Something in the UK. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. They weren't there. You could tell that in between each question I'm answering, you can tell they're actually kind of not even listening and oh. pointing at things and kind of, and then come back and they've got their set. Oh, it was awful. It was oh, just no. awful. But, you know, it's all right. They're still promoting the book. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, but that's the kind of surface level stuff we're talking about. And that's what the book we're talking in the book, you talk about moving past, right? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's not a way to... If you choose, again, and, and I'm assuming that people are making the choice, that's why they're listening to our conversation. I don't think, and, you, I don't think you have a choice. I think until, 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 you don't, until you know, then you don't know. Even when you think you've got a choice, there's a lot of people around thinking they're all conscious, this, that, and the other. Right. And they're, they're just grifting, quite honestly. They're, they're, you know, at the end of the video, it's buy my T-shirt or something, you know, right, right, or right. My, my new my new spiritual line of this, that, the other. Um, I will and solve your just, problem and I will yeah. save you kind of thing. Yeah, it's just conscious grifting. That's all it is. And um, uh, there's tons of that around. And um, which, you know, and it's going to say, then I'm going to be like, well, buy John's book. I actually, I don't care. But, um, <laughs> but it's nice if you do, you know. Right. But you don't have to. We're not trying to sell you the book. You know, if you tune in and you're listening to this, then it's it's great to be here with you. You know, if you want to read the book, that's fantastic. If you don't, but I don't want to kind of twist your arm and say, you know, it's going to make your teeth grow back or something or give you a full head of hair. It didn't work for me, did it? Look at that. <laughs> you know? For those listening and not watching the video, John doesn't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> Completely bald. <laughs> well, even so let's talk a little bit about um let's talk about resistance on this path because i i feel like um you know most of my life was spent in resistance and in in that was something that came i thought that was how it had to be was to be in resistance and i love in the book how you talk about two um two terms you mentioned vasana and samskaras yeah. And reading that paragraph about, about those two things really pulled some things together for me because I understood, I don't even, it was a feeling internally that I don't know if I can put into words, but it was another, like a, a piece, like I always describe this, I talk about this all the time on the show when something clicks for me. It's like when you go to the eye doctor and they click the things in place and you can see clearly. Yeah, and that, suddenly he's like, oh my God. Yeah, yes. yeah. And that's how that paragraph was. So could you explain those two terms and what they mean? Wow. Uh, well, they're they kind of often kind of seen as being the same things, really. So samskaras tends to be thought of as tendencies, uh, the kind of the tendencies that, that kind of we live through. 
Uh, and and Vassana, you, you you've heard you've not heard well, you may have heard the term, but more commonly you will have heard the term pain body. Um, yeah. In more recent times, but um, when pain body is explained, it's always explained. It seems in a very particular way. So the two things are very related. So samskaras tend to be almost like karmic tendencies. That's how we might think of them. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of awareness applied to those really kind of, you know, you can start kind of see kind of what's going on, uh, that we lean this way and we lean that way. But what Vasana is, is the driving force behind those. And it's much less uh, often spoken about. And it's way more subtle than calling something pain body. Because pain body sounds like, pain that is a, in, moving in a particular way, in an outward sort of way. Mm -hmm. But what Vasana, Vasana is like a 10,000-year-old Sanskrit word, and that's why I like it. I love um, the lineages of things because it shows you we've been working at this stuff for a long time. We're not right. alone, and there are amazing people, you know, the rishis and the, and the teachers of the past who have really tried to kind of look at this and ask these incredible questions of how do we actually live and grow to our full potential. And what Vasana translates as is deeply worn groove. And that makes a lot more sense to me than pain body, because pain right. body sounds like reaction. Deeply worn groove, if you think about it like a valley, the valley's going to flood whether it rains on the valley or on the tops of the valley. So wh wh wherever the energy is poured in, it still goes to the same place. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see that within your life when you get that, that looping, repeating pattern of no matter what you do, it's still the, it's still the same damn thing keeps happening. That's Vasana. Yeah. Whether that's an outward thing of reaction towards another person or it's inwardly turned and crushing and depressing of yourself so that you, you do things like always trying to be really, really good or overperforming at work or, um, you know, Everybody thinks you're gregarious, but you sit at home absolutely alone and depressed or, um, or that you are really reactive and violent things come out of you and you have no idea where they come from and you feel like a five-year-old that's just had a temper tantrum every time you visit your parents at Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all know that one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, so, so it's usually thought of as that kind of reactive one that turns us into a, a, a stamping five-year-old. But actually, it's all that other stuff as well. So, um, so Vasana is actually easier to work with than you think it is. And the answer is the same all the way through, which is awareness. Right. Um, and, you know, we can't go into kind of all the content of the book because it's about developing that awareness. What the book aims to do is help the, the person work with themselves so that they move their awareness in a certain way so that it actually is able to see what's going on. And we can't do that when we're still in reactive mode, of course, right. and basing ourselves in love, of course, you know, so I, we, there's lots of practical things to kind of help you base yourself in love and, and kind of more present based awareness and so on. And then once you have that, then what you'll find is, is when Vasana is, it's active constantly. That's what you don't realize. It's constantly active. But then when you bring your awareness to it, it's not going to suddenly disappear. But every time you meet the thing with awareness rather than the thing that you always do, 
that valley is filled in a tiny little bit. Yeah. You know, but you also get to the point where you realize that some of this stuff is never going to go away. And so you just have to kind of make friends with it. You know, it's just, oh, there's my old, you know, once upon a time, it's like, that thing's going to destroy me. It's the worst thing in the world. And then, you know, sort of 10 years down this healing line and, and you know, line of spiritual development or whatever, it's like, oh, look, there's my old friend, that, that funny little sexual thing that I used to get, you know. Come and have a cup of tea. How have you been doing recently? You know, well, all right, well, we don't need to go there now, do we? You know, or, you know, there's that funny reaction I have to that kind of person. Ah, you know, nice to see you, old friend. You know, don't come again. <laughs> right, and, and it's not that level of feeling out of control when it happens. No. Right, that, that we often experience. And yeah. you talk about in that about um, about when we have that action, missing out on the root or the source of where the thought form comes from. And that was very um, that was one of those clarifying moments for me, because that it's these these things that are on autopilot. So it seems right. And then we you talk a lot through the book about awareness and presence. And when we do have the awareness and and pay attention to these things. We, and you, we're filling in that groove, right? In that valley, we start, because you talk also in the book about experiencing freedom, whatever freedom means, right? To the, to the reader. And when we're able to, to have the awareness and not run, not resist, not fight it, it does, I felt at least in my own life, it, it starts to give me that, it gives me my own freedom back from my almost. It frees me from myself. And yeah, yeah. The, the the limited idea of self for for what is true, for what's authentic in you, that that right. is real freedom. The freedom that we uh, bandy about uh, uh, so much of the time that we think we're gaining is so not what freedom is right. at all, because it's attachment through things. You know, it's it's an attachment to one side of a duality always, whichever way you're going at it, be it political or you know otherwise. It's always, and it's not, and, and um, some kind of false equivalence or kind of false idea of kind of equ equality isn't isn't solving it either, because then you just end up kind of dying in a kind of nowhere place. But right. um, uh, you know, we say clearly in the book over and over again that kind of moving beyond duality isn't about picking one side and killing the other side off. Right. It's actually a movement to wholeness, you know, which is different from the two. In Zen, they say it's not two, but it's not one either. Which is such a, and I, I, again, that's one of those things I don't have, I can feel it in my body. Yeah, you feel it, don't you? It's like, like, it's right there, yeah. isn't it? It's in the cells. It's like, oh yeah. my God, that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. like coming home to that truth of, of who we are. And that, um, again, for me, it's often not something that I can express in words, not at this time, at least, maybe as my journey progresses, I'll be able to, but that feeling, yeah. and that's what, that's the awareness. That's what we should, you know, that's what paying attention to um, those feelings that sometimes we want to dismiss or pretend aren't there or think we made them up or, you know, whatever, whatever comes to yeah. whatever story. You've really read this book, haven't you? I'm really impressed. Well. <laughs> what? You really read it, haven't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I don't just tell you that I read the book. Like, I actually, I, I, and that's why I do this, this, I, I love doing this podcast of conversations, but also in my, it's to help me grow too, right? Because my belief is every person that I interact with, every book that I get, there's a message for me in there. There's something for me to learn. Yeah, fantastic. And, 
You're just fantastic. And yeah, I read it. And I, and when I tell you, I love the book, I, I mean that I'm not just telling you. That's awesome. You're really, really awesome. I'm really touched actually. I'm really touched. You know, the number of times that it's just like, well, you can tell, you know, again, you can tell kind of by the questions. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know? Right. And, yeah, uh, no, and uh, I think this having these conversations is um, I, I say it all the time on here is so important because there's um, there's a better a, a different I don't want to use the word better because that that's, it implies something that I don't mean but there is a different way to exist in the world and that's what um, I want to be able to show people. Yeah, authenticity, these- authenticity yeah. is is, yeah. is absolutely paramount, and you know it's one of the. Uh, you know, I would say that authentic. If you, if if anybody's kind of starting out on on their path, and and really it's not a choice, uh, but you feel like it's you know it's there, um, you kind of do. You kind of make the choice to put your first foot forward, as it were. But the, if you if you don't know where you're going, always just feel into that heart of authenticity within yourself. Compare everything against that kind of north star of authenticity in yourself, and you're never going to go wrong quite honestly. Right. I mean, you're going to be in the dark a lot of the time and flailing about and going, what the hell? But if you just kind of look for, okay, well, I don't really know where I'm going to go here and I don't know what's happening, uh, but I've got this book in one hand and my heart says, uh, you know, uh, this, it seems okay to go this way, even though I'm shaking and quaking and I think I might die, you know, but there's something, I, I, you know, that way feels fake, but this way feels real. You just keep choosing the real. That's that right. thread of you that we talked about right. that, that aligns with that. You're going to end up in the right place. Right. God love you for it, quite honestly, because that is the only way forward. It is. It is. And I think the, um, having the courage, you even say that in there about having the courage and you say something, um, I can't remember exactly how your words were, but you know, not the war hero. You know, it's something you said something to that effect that it's the person doing the work. That's the real hero in this, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, well, I mean, so, you know, I, I appreciate everybody and the efforts that they make, and I'm not putting any anybody who's fought right, in the war right. down in any way. Right. Right. But but our standardized um, our standardized meme of hero is is the is the vet. You know, uh, but we don't, and and we give them medals. But I think anybody who actually turns and faces themselves with this kind of truth. Right. And the courage that that takes, um, you know, we don't have medals for that. But if I had a medal, I would give it to you, <laughs> you know, uh, for doing that uh, to anybody, because it is the hardest thing. You know, people think heroism is kind of fighting in a war and, and, and kind of, you know, you know, surviving or killing the bad guy or, or, or winning or something like that. But I've, I, I personally have known and I know other people have known just how hard it is to kind of get up some days, put your clothes on, wash your face and turn up to work. Yeah. Get the kids to school and, um, and make it through that day, you know, and there's heroism at levels that the world doesn't want to acknowledge. And yet the real heroism can be often that, you know? And so I, uh, this path is not for just somebody who sits and meditates and looks all shiny. It's for anyone. And that's what, you know, it's not your, your education, your financial background, what country you're from, what your religion is. None of that stands in the, in the way of the path of your own life. You know, the situations are going to be radically different and radically, you know, 
varying. Um, but the fact that you're here as a human being means this path is at your feet right now. Right. Whoever you are. It is. And, uh, I, John, I could talk to you for hours about this because as you can tell, I'm very, just, I just love talking about this. And I think it's just so important to bring these kinds of, there's nothing else to talk about, you know, not problematizing <laughs> things. Cause I used to problematize everything. Everything was like, let's look at it. Let's turn it into a problem and turn it inside out. But actually, you know, talking about what's real and authentic is never gets tiring. Right. Quite honestly, <laughs> I know. agree. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> My guest this week has been John Sadike, and we've been talking about becoming and unfolding on your spiritual path. And so, John, as we close out the show, is there one piece of advice you'd like to leave the listeners with to help them get started on their own spiritual awakening? I think I've just said it, which is kind of, you know, whoever you are, the path is yours already. It's your own sweet life, you know? Yeah, you own your um, life. You own your life. and you, Well, your life owns you. Your <laughs> life you owns you you i think and uh so get to know your life uh not the kind of um hollow parts but but know them too you know meet them with love meet everything with love but get to know your own life and you know the path isn't tomorrow or yesterday or healing somebody else and it's not a kind of narcissistic idea of ourselves it's you standing on this earth in your life uh, because that's what the universe wanted you for, or God, or whatever you want to call it. Right. You were put here to be fully you and to have real freedom, not some secondhand kind of somebody else trading on you kind of freedom. Right. For sure. 100% there. I, um, I totally agree. Um, John, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and your book? Yeah. Uh, uh my website is uh, authenticliving.life, and, uh, which is great. You know, I'm not .com, I'm .life. I can't believe we found that one. So <laughs> authenticliving.life. Um, and that's kind of like the hub for everything, really. You'll find everything else from there. Okay. Uh, Instagram, I'm just the at symbol, John Sadiq, uh, J-O-H-N-S-I-D-D-I-Q-U-E. There's Twitter and there's YouTube and all that. But as I say, go to Authentic Living. And it, and it kind of goes from there, really. Okay, great. Again, John, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. We could talk for hours. <laughs> we really could. We really could. Uh, if you'll have me back sometime, I'll come back and we'll to. chat some more. Uh, you're great. To. And I, I might be recommending one or two other people to you now. Hey, Sloan's great, you know. Okay, Sloan's sure, awesome. yes. Okay. Be like, I would love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I know some wickedly wonderful people. So uh, I, I need to in introduce to my friend Danny. Anyway, we'll keep that for another day. We'll talk. <laughs> Okay. What an absolutely amazing conversation with John Sadiq. I, I love talking about becoming and unfolding on your spiritual path. I think there, we touched on so many things in this conversation and I was, you know, my favorite thing that we talked about in this whole conversation, there were many, but when we talked about resistance and we talked about, um, Vasana and Samskaras and Vasana being described as a deeply worn groove into which everything flows. I don't know if it's just where I'm at or what I'm going through right now, but that resonated so much with me. And to be able to think about developing the awareness to notice when those things come up again, like John said, that I'm getting the same damn thing again, right? And being able to wake up to that awareness and, and instead of reacting to it, 
meet it where it is, become almost friends with it or become like, you know, having that awareness, it stops that groove from continuing to, to get deeper. And it starts to fill that, that valley up because we're doing something different. We're choosing to respond to the situation differently or choosing to internally process things differently. Right. And so having that understanding and being able to meet our, our things, I'll just summarize them as things with, as an old friend and, and with a, a attitude of awareness is so life-changing. It's, it's such a different way to show up. And I just, I just loved it. Like I said, I loved the book. I felt like I was talking with John directly. I'd never talked with him before today. Um, but being able to read the book and have this conversation. It, it was just amazing. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So hopefully I'll be able to get John back on again in 2022. All right. So that's it this week for our topic of becoming and unfolding on your spiritual path. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you found uh, something in there that helps you on your spiritual journey, wherever you are right now. So that's it for this week. Um, let's see a couple of things. Remember, if you haven't signed up to get notified when I have a new podcast episode, visit sloanfremont.com. You can sign up on the right-hand side. Um, if we're not connected on social media, please go to the links in the show notes. You'll be able to connect with me there. Um, my Telegram channel is growing. I've got a lot of, um, we've got a lot of great interaction going on there. So please join us in the Telegram channel. You can find that in the show notes. It's also, my social media is also on the right-hand side of my website. And let's see, I think that's it. So thanks again for listening this week and stay tuned for next week where I will continue to bring you real life solutions in what feels like an unfree world. Mm -hmm.